Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today uh, is a very important show uh, on a number of uh, fronts. It's called, the title of today's show is Book Censorship Can Kill, But the Truth About Fauci Survived. And uh, that is thanks to today's guest, Tony Lyons. He is the president and publisher of Skyhorse Publishing. He is not afraid of censorship and putting books out there that really are important but are uh, censored sometimes, some of the books, obviously. Um, He's put out over 10,000 books. So not all of them um, get to be censored by the mainstream media and some book book, uh, stores, booksellers, and um, but this one, this most recent one, is called, uh, it's a book about Fauci, and uh, if you try to say something, write something, have a book about Fauci, it is definitely difficult to get it out there. But somehow, somehow, <laughs> through my guest's uh, uh, hard work, and of course the author, um, his Robert F. Kennedy Jr., of course his diligence over a year gathering, um, pains- literally painstakingly, um, the uh, citations for all the things that he says in the book, Uh, regardless of all this censorship and so on, this book has managed to become a bestseller on all of the lists that count. So the name of the book (laughs) is The Real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the Global War on Democracy and Public Health. And as I said, it's by Robert F. Kennedy, Jr., so I am very happy to uh, provide Tony and uh, by um, by proxy Robert F. Kennedy Jr. the opportunity to let you know about this incredibly important book. So welcome to the show, Tony. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, let's. I don't know where to start. You know, I've been reading all about this and. Um, I, you know, I, I know that, let me just mention, I'll start by mentioning some of the other more controversial um, books that you have published. Um, let's see, where, um, sorry. Uh, well, I know, thought I put it in the description. I guess it's in your, <laughs> it's in my uh, description of you, uh, some of the other books. And they are by Woody Allen, Alan Dershowitz. Uh, the biography of Philip Roth, and, of course, this book. Now, let, let me start by asking you, um, why is it that uh, you, I, I, I hope this isn't an, I hope this isn't like an embarrassing or uncomfortable question, but one has to ask, why um, are you doing the publicity for this book instead of Robert F. Kennedy, or is he doing it also? Yeah, he is, he is doing it, too. I just, I mean, I've never done this for any book in the last 25 years that I've been publishing books. So it's because I think this is the most important book that I've ever published. So the real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the global war on democracy and public health is 
the best-selling book in America. It sold over 700,000 copies in seven weeks. And it's also the most censored book that I've ever been part of, even though I've been part of lots of censorship stories. So you and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. are obviously working overtime in getting people to find out about the book. You know, I love the, um, you have a Facebook page, or the, the publishing company has a Facebook page, and you have a video uh, in regard to this book showing people reading the book uh, in all different precarious kinds of situations, like, read, like uh, driving a car and reading a book, skateboarding and reading a book doing all these things, uh, showing that they are so engrossed in this book that they can't put it down even though their life is at stake. <laughs> and really, the point of this book, I think why you say is the most important, besides the fact that, that you feel strongly, as I do, against censorship, but the really um, even more important, well, equally important part about this book is... Um, how people's lives are at stake, how Dr. Fauci has been, and, and uh, Gates and Big Pharma and so on, have been killing people, literally killing people um, with their, how they have constructed these criminal acts uh, in regard to coronavirus. So, so obviously that is why you want people to know the truth behind him and, um, and try to find out better ways of uh, things to do, not by following his advice. Yeah, I mean, what, that? what I think people have to see and, and, and what this book argues is that, you know, the way Dr. Fauci has run public health in America over five decades is not at all about public health. It's about maximizing return on investment. So, you know, one of the one of the tools that is used is censorship because censorship becomes a way to direct people towards uh, remedies or drugs or vaccines that cost the most money and that, you know, help big pharmaceutical companies make more money. So, you know, if you look at what Dr. Fauci claims to be his favorite book, so he says that his favorite book is The Godfather, and that his favorite line in that is, it's not personal, it's just business. So you've got the most powerful public health official in the world telling us straight out that what he cares about is business, not about people. So, you know, so that you goes well with the arguments in the book. Uh -huh. So you must have loved it when he was called out recently in Congress in terms of his financial statements. Sure, yeah. I mean, there's a lot there. I mean, he's the most highly paid public official in the United States. He makes more money than the president. He, he has amassed millions and millions of dollars. When he retires, he's going to get uh, guaranteed $350,000 per year for the rest of his life in addition to any royalties that he gets, and, and, and those are really unclear. So basically how this works is that you, you have this, these incredible claims of corruption and greed at the highest levels of, of both you know, corporate America and government, and everybody wants to tell you 
that it's misinformation. And of course they would want to tell you that. They, they have most of the power, so they can call it misinformation, even though it's a book that has, you know, 2,194 citations, it's meticulously researched, it's got blurbs from doctors and lawyers and, and uh, scientists, and it, it, it's even got a blurb from a Nobel Prize winner. So this is a very serious book. But, you know, the argument is that it's misinformation because the people who are accused of wrongdoing don't want to have to answer any of those claims. So you, you have a situation here where there's so many different forms of censorship at play. So, for example, the best-selling book in America doesn't get reviewed in any newspaper, any major newspaper. You can't advertise it in newspapers. You, you can't advertise it on big tech platforms. Um, and none of those places are willing to address the claims in this book. Um, but what they are willing to do is to allow people to attack Robert F. Kennedy Jr., simultaneously with publication of the book. So, you know, it doesn't take a genius to see that what they're really talking about is the fact that they don't like this book and they don't want people to read it because why else would all of these attack pieces come out simultaneously with publication? So, uh -huh. you know, it's, it's not reviewed in news, newspapers. Many bookstores won't carry it. Mainstream TV networks, don't mention it. Libraries don't carry it. You can't advertise for it. Even at the New York Times, where the where I personally went back and forth with the Times on uh, on an ad. First, they let us run one ad, but they made us take out the blurb from a Nobel Prize winner because they hmm. said that that was misinformation. So I sent them back a long email saying, uh, asking them what in that blurb from a Nobel Prize winner constituted misinformation. And yeah. they said, well, it, it's the fact that, it, that the Nobel Prize winner said that Dr. Fauci has lied. So I got back to them and I said, if you Google Fauci lied, first of all, you get 22 million hits. Then you yeah. get newspaper and magazine after newspaper and magazine saying that Dr. Fauci lied. And, and I even pointed out two cases where the New York Times itself had said that Fauci lied. And then I pointed mm. out cases where Dr. Fauci confessed to lying. And they didn't care about mm -hmm. any of that. They just wouldn't run the So then I came back to, to run, run a second ad where I said, look, I just want to have some, um, some blurbs from doctors and scientists in it because you're you're, you're not allowing your readers to see that this is a, a legitimate book. Um, and they got back to us and said, we're not willing to run any other ads because now we believe that the book itself is misinformation. So, you know, misinformation is not about the quality of the research for them. It's about silencing debate. And, you know, that's the the travesty of what's going on, not only with this book, but with a lot of other books and with, you know, doctors and scientists all around the country and all around the world where they're, they're just being stifled. So there's no room for dissent in this country at this point. And, and that's a very scary yeah. thing because Fauci wants to tell you that he represents science. 
and that if you're against him or you disagree with anything that he says in any way, that you're some lunatic who's anti-science. But, you know, sorry to go on for a while here, but just to make it clear that that's not at all the way science is supposed to work. You know, science is supposed to be messy, and there's supposed to be debate and dialogue and, and uh, you know, research of all sides, not just research steering you towards a specific result that can make companies that you're partnering with more money. Well, you know, um, I have felt strongly about all of this um, for a very long time, and I created a website called pleasefirefauci.com. I don't know if you were aware of that. Oh, that's great. <laughs> you know, there's... And, uh, and I, I have things on there, you know, why we should fire Fauci and all of that. Obviously, you know, I, I have not uh, done over a year of research in terms of um, you know, like uh, this book, but there were enough things. I'll tell you the thing that um, what really bothers me the most besides, I mean, I, I've been doing a lot of um, uh, commenting, um, you know, television and radio and so on uh, throughout the pandemic, uh, trying to help people, you know, stay healthy and so on. And using my master's in public health, besides being an MD, I have a master's in public health. And so I know what you're supposed to do for a public health campaign. And what Fauci has been doing since day one is the exact opposite of what they teach you in public health school um, and what all the good public health campaigns do. You are not supposed to scare people to death. You are supposed to give them things, positive steps, that they can do easy positive steps to protect themselves and to stay healthier. And so it's been, not only is he spreading this information and not letting things get out like uh, hydroxychloroquine and all that kind of stuff, but he is um, taking up the conversation, t- just talking about people dying. You know, every time he gets up in the morning and has to figure out something new to say to get on television that day. Right, right. I mean, this was clearly all about using fear tactics to steer people towards specific remedies and vaccines and away from anything that was not protected by a patent or, you know, uh, natural uh, homeopathic remedies that, you know, might well have helped. I mean, clearly, if you look at the statistics and, you know, just to make it clear, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a scientist. So I'm, so I'm looking at this more as a, as a censorship question, but it is censorship of the idea that health is a factor here. And it seems so clear that the serious illness and death is to a great extent limited to people who have some health problems. Not entirely, and it's, it's of course complicated, but that's the point, is that this is complicated. And so clearly if you focused on your health, you would be less likely to have a serious problem with COVID than if you did not focus on your health and uh, began to suffer from the kinds of comorbidities that seem to go along with um, having a really bad reaction to COVID. Well, and you know, um, he has not only has, I mean, he has done so much to, to kill people, um, but not only 
you know, in the various ways of starting with the Wuhan lab, you know, starting with funding of the Wuhan lab, but um, just his presence throughout this whole pandemic, um, the voice and face of gloom and doom, which is, has been stressing people out, and of course stress makes people more, makes people's immune system weak and more vulnerable to COVID. Well, we need to take a break. Um, when we come back, we will talk more about this book and about Dr. Fauci and about how in hell he is managing to, um, he and, and, and Gates and friends are managing to have so much power to be able to censor a book like this. So stay tuned. My guest is Tony Lyons. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and we'll be right back. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch, where we're talking today about book censorship can kill, but the truth about Fauci survived. And that is thanks to my guest, Tony Lyons, who is the president and publisher of Skyhorse Publishing. He is not afraid to put out the truth and, in fact, believes that it is more important than ever. Um, he believes the sky's the limit. And um, although his publishing company has put out more than 10,000 books, uh, he's most proud of the latest bestseller, which has become a bestseller against all odds. The real, the name of it is The Real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the Global War on Democracy and Public Health by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Um, now I know, let's just go back a little bit. I know that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has been, uh, really fighting the war against vaccines for a very long time. And so I guess this kind of was natural to fall into his hands, you know, the, the COVID vaccines. Maybe why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so we published uh, Kennedy Jr.'s book called uh, On Marisol, Let the Science Speak. 
uh, and that was about 10 years ago. So, you know, one thing that I think is important to say is that, you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has been fighting corruption and corporate greed for about the last 35 years. Uh, whereas somebody like Dr. Fauci has been involved in these financial entanglements uh, to help the return on investment of big pharmaceutical companies for the last 50 years. So when you read all of these attack articles against Robert F. Kennedy Jr., you should understand that those are, those are like paid advertising. And Dr. Fauci has an unlimited ability to fund and to manipulate uh, the situation so that you get what really is disinformation, which is somebody who is purposely trying to make you believe something that they likely know isn't true, which is different from the idea of misinformation, which is just when somebody is saying something that's wrong. Um, uh-huh. But so when, when you look at Robert Kennedy Jr., you see that he brought over 500 lawsuits to stop polluters from destroying the Hudson River in New York. And then that program that he set up uh, was then sent all around the world to people who volunteered to protect rivers. Then he worked for more than a decade to fight to get mercury out of mandatory early childhood vaccines, and he succeeded in that. Um, You know, he was also the 2010 Time Magazine Man of the Year. Then he also went after, with a bunch of other lawyers, Monsanto for their cancer-causing product uh, or ingredient in Roundup called glyphosate and won a $77 million judgment there. So he's been fighting this corruption in every way that he can. And so I think that the American people really, in, a, in an honest society, would be grateful for the work that he's done. And the work that he's done on the real Anthony Fauci, bringing this incredibly well-researched story to the public, is, you know, just a sincere act of bravery and a, and a selfless act, whereas the things that Dr. Fauci does are, you know, seem so clearly to be for the money. But if he really disagrees, he has the opportunity to make a better argument, to, to get on any TV show in America. You know, his narrative is easy for him to explain. So he can get on and he can say, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is wrong. I can point to the argument that he makes on page 22, and here's the real story. But he doesn't do that. And so the likelihood is that he doesn't do that because he doesn't really have answers, and he can't address these claims. And Mm -hmm. hopefully what will happen is eventually there will be congressional hearings, and then, then he will be forced to answer these claims and other claims. Okay, but how come 
um, why is he still in power is what I'm wondering. Like, why is it? So, you know, you were talking about the New York Times earlier. Now, with all your 10,000 books, you're probably one of the, um, you know, one of the preferred advertisers. I mean, you know, somebody who's been paying the New York Times lots of money over the years to uh, advertise your books. And so if they did this to you, um, you know, even people who have less clout, uh, with them, I mean, they they have no hope of getting out things that are really important for people to read, you know, ads for them, or or reviews for that matter. Uh, so how come? Like, why is it that uh, the television shows and the and the New York Times and all of that um, are not? What is Fauci doing to get them to censor this book? Well, so, you know, Fauci has the power of the U.S. government, and that shouldn't be discounted. I mean, that's a lot of power. He has billions and billions of dollars that he can play with, not only to hire PR companies, but also to control the flow of science in America and and all around the world, and also to uh, control the media. So, you know, if the government tells you something is true and you're the New York Times, you know, the easy route to take is to just believe that. The press releases that you get from the CDC. But, you know, so to a, when you look at a place like the New York Times now on so many levels, they're not an unbiased news organization. I mean, their bestseller list, for example, is really nothing more than a recommended reading list for the types of people who they believe read their newspaper. So they're not just basing it on consumer demand or sales. They're basing it on what they, can, they claim is, is an algorithm. But I've shown very, very clearly that they just take the books that are the better-selling books that they like, and they put that on the top of their list. So Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book was the number one best-selling book in America uh, for the first three weeks, and over the whole seven-week period, it's the best-selling book in America, having sold over 700,000 copies in all formats. Wow. So, you know, wow. the New York Times is printing information that they believe, not that's well-researched. And so some of it is coming directly from the government that they're just printing without researching. They're only taking ads that follow a specific narrative, and they have a bestseller list that follows a specific narrative. So that's that's part of how it's possible that somebody like Dr. Fauci, who may well have committed serious crimes. I mean, we don't have any way to really know that if there's no body, you know, no part of the government that can go after him. If he has too much power to sort of have to uh, answer the allegations, then we can't really get to the bottom of it. And places like the New York Times and many other newspapers are failing to do their job. So the AP, for example, had six investigative journalists simultaneously with the book coming out. So once again, the real Anthony Fauci 
at the time is the best-selling book in America, and the AP has six investigative journalists looking into Bobby Kennedy's life, looking into, you know, his nonprofit, into anything they can find to discredit him, but not addressing any of the very serious claims, life and death claims in the book. So they ignore all of those claims, and they just look at what can we write to discredit him. So, you know, all of those... Well, that's a good example. So why, like, what is the, is Fauci paying them to do this? Are they afraid of something? Why are they doing this? So I believe that it's a combination of things. So certain media sources, mostly television, I think follows a a specific narrative that they get uh, from the government and from their big pharmaceutical allies. Um, because of advertising. So that, I think, is, is a big part of it. But part of it, too, yeah. is that it's just uh, investigative journalists failing to do their jobs. So there's some laziness, there's some corruption, and it's, it all sort of comes together in a, in a perfect storm, preventing people from getting real information that they can use. So in a democracy, you're supposed to be able to turn on the television, read the newspaper, and get a whole bunch of different points of view so that you can begin to decide for yourself what you believe, rather than just be sort of brainwashed with only one narrow point of view with, you know, specific intentions attached to those points of view. Yes. I mean, you know, I guess this is, uh, of course, going really... uh is sort of the number one example of the day of where our society has been going um, and how it's getting worse in terms of not, I mean, between social media, um, you know, regular broadcast media, all the different channels that one might get, and books, all the different channels that one might get information from um, is more and more... um, you know, just more and more getting influenced by, by, by who? By Biden? By, uh, I mean, this is, you know, I've been, for, I've been, um, put on suspension on LinkedIn. I got my, I got it back, but then I was, uh, my YouTube, um, I was put on suspension for YouTube and actually it was, um, it was mostly things about the vaccine, you know, things that I, where I was saying that, uh, that, well, basically, um, the people should have a choice and that it's, it's too dangerous for kids and that kind of thing. And, um, I mean, so you can't even, you know, <laughs> I was thinking of where I, I um, for each of these shows, um, I create a, a, uh, a, a promo uh, email, promo thing. And, um, and I, I, some, I usually post them on social media. And I was, I made it for today. I'll send it to you when the uh, show is, is up on, on the site on Voice America. Um, and I realized, wait a second, I have Fauci in the title. So if I put it up on, on, um, on any social media, you know, they'll, they'll probably take it down and maybe that'll be another, um, another strike on my, I mean, this, it, it's ridiculous. To have to think like well, it would, it would be better to to just say censorship of of new books, you know, because uh-huh. that's, that's 
that's what the story is, really. You know, that this is a story about censorship. And it's, it's a fascinating story because what's happening is that the censorship isn't working. So ultimately, it's a hopeful story because people are reading this book as a kind of political yeah. act. It's like a, a revolt that yeah. people are tired told what to do and what to think and what to read and, you know, also what to do with their bodies. But, but ultimately, with all of this incredible power and, and endless money of big pharmaceutical companies and the government, you still have a book selling as well as this book is selling, despite every yes. obstacle imagined. Yes, it's kind of like, yes, it is a, 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 uh, an island of hope, kind of like Virginia's governor. <laughs> that was a, also a, a, a surprise a success, right? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, more and more, I think people are saying, you know, that there are a lot of things here that don't make sense. And at the very least, people want to be able to hear opposing views. So it can't be that somebody like you posts something on a big tech platform and then they just get totally silenced or, you know, doctors and scientists who disagree with any aspect of Dr. Fauci's narrative. He doesn't have to explain it. He doesn't have to debate the peer-reviewed science. He can use his influence to set up a system where it just automatically gets taken down. And if you have the bravery to stand mm. up, you then become an example of what the consequences are. So you can lose your profession. You can lose your, your license. You can lose... Your, your platform, your followers, your ability to, to, to even reach out to some kind of audience. So, you know, it's a, it's a scary moment, but I think it's, like I said, it's also a hopeful moment because people are finding other platforms and the messages are getting out and people are disturbed by things that don't make sense. And they're disturbed by the fact that this is a country that's prided itself on the First Amendment since, since the Constitution was written. And, well, I mean, it came out after that. But still, so, you know, this isn't working. These, these methods aren't working. And, you know, if people have better arguments, they should make them. That's really what's going to convince people. So even from a logic standpoint, censorship in the end backfires because it, it creates a distrust of government, a distrust of, of institutions, and then it, it, it creates various forms of, of uh, revolt, I would say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, um, that music is signaling to us that we need to take another break. Uh, this is a good place to... to um, to stop for the moment, my guest is Tony Lyons. He is the president and publisher of Skyhorse Publishing. We're talking about a book by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. It's called The Real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the Global War on Democracy and Public Health. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk more about that. Maybe when we come back, why don't we um, talk about some of the highlights of the book or some of your favorite parts or things that you think the public really 
absolutely has to know. So um, stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and we'll be right back. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I really want to get back to my guest, Tony Lyons. There's so much to talk about. Um, We were just talking during the break about uh, how, you know, how much, how much Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the author of The Real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the Global War on Democracy and Public Health, how much, uh, first of all, it took him over a year to write the book, painstakingly, and, uh, and now promoting it and, and getting all of these hit pieces and so on. Um, and, you know, that, along with that, I want to ask you, are you, um, and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. getting uh, death threats, or do you feel in any physical danger? No, I mean, you know, a bunch of people have asked me whether I feel afraid of publishing a book like like this, of, of all the negative comments and in, in, in articles and the and the hit pieces that 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 run. And my general feeling is that uh, that I'm a publisher, and that my job is to bring arguments and both sides of a story and especially of a story as big as this story, as big as what's going on with COVID in the last two years, that we need as many voices as, as possible and we need dialogue and debate to get to the bottom of it. So I would be much more afraid of not telling these kinds of stories and not publishing books that I think makes strong arguments. I mean, like I said before, you that this book contains information and they're, you know, trying to censor it for your own benefit. But, you know, you don't need to be protected from a book that has 2,194 citations and has a, a blurb from a Nobel Prize winner 
and, and various other doctors and, and researchers, more than 100 of whom are, are listed in the book. So, you know, I'm not afraid of the consequences. And, you know, what I think is really hopeful at this point is that there's so many people who are writing books and getting on shows and going on radio shows and, and even, you know, people like, like you and like many of the other people who have let uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and myself and, and lots of other people go on to their shows. There are a lot of people who are, who are being brave because they believe in democracy, they believe in debate, um, and they, they don't want to take part in this growing fascism in this country. And they really want to be able to get news that's, that's unbiased. Mm-hmm. Well, our society is really um, getting crazier and crazier. Um, like for, and, and yes, COVID, COVID is driving us crazy, not only because of lockdowns and isolation and all of those various things, um, but, and, and all the misinformation, disinformation, as you were saying, that's getting, that's coming out. Um, you know, the, the nerve of, uh, of social media, for example, to, to, um, censor doctors who should know more about health than, uh, than Mark Zuckerberg. Um, but right. anyhow, you know, it's even to the point that, that there were, you, I'm sure you saw the statistics about how, about half the Democrats want to would go along with or would want the government to put people who aren't vaccinated in internment camps. Yeah, it's just a lot of really crazy stuff going on now, and I, you know, I hope it's all gonna gonna shake out. But you know, like I said, I I think that the claims in this book are really serious claims, and the you know the the tendencies of this country towards attacking people who make claims without looking at the claims themselves is a terrible and dangerous direction for the country. And, you know, it, it does potentially lead to internment camps or those kinds of crazy situations because people can get sort of lulled more into fanatical points of view. And, What's fascinating is that people believe that anything that counters the, the narrative that they've been told, that they've been brainwashed with, is misinformation, is dangerous, should be against the law. Whereas we, as a country, have a long history of recognizing that we don't always know the truth, and that especially during comp complicated times like this, we, we need, these situations require alternative perspectives. And that's how we're more likely to, to get out of them and to get to a time that are, you know, where, um, where things can be more normal. So, you know, it's a, it's a scary time. And I, and I think that people have to recognize that it's, it's difficult now to get trustworthy information and that it's not as simple as turning on your television or reading the same newspaper that you ever, you know, that, that you've always read, that you may have to really fight to get alternative perspectives. 
and that in a lot of cases, those perspectives will turn out to be right. And that's even happened now, you know, that there's been a lot of sort of things that you couldn't say 12 months ago that are now sort of common knowledge. Yes. Well, why don't you whet our appetite with um, one or two or however much more we have time for, um, some of the things in the book that you, some of the most important things that you think people need to know. I mean, you know, it's, it's uh, a lot of pages, but um, what, what, see, what, what hits yeah, home to I'll you? I'll just say, you know, a couple of things that Dr. Fauci is accused of very, very serious things. You know, one of them would be authorizing, experimenting on foster children or on uh, black children and Hispanic children, uh, both in the United States and, and in other countries, mostly poor countries. So, you know, those are serious allegations, uh, you know, that we as Americans shouldn't be proud that our, that our government has allowed that. And I think that if people knew the details, they would be upset. And it's not about being on the left or the right. You know, this is just wrong. This is about being on the right side of history. So that's pretty well covered in the book. And then one of the other things that's covered in great detail is the idea that there were antivirals, there were other viable remedies that were very promising in combating COVID at its early stages. And the government um, run by Dr. Fauci in its response to COVID was steering people away from that in every conceivable way, leading only towards vaccines and, you know, patented remedies. Because the, the argument in the book is that Dr. Fauci for his entire life or his entire career has focused on maximizing the return on investment of his financial corporate partners. And, you know, that's a really scary thing. And it's covered in great detail in the book. And it, it can't just be ignored. I mean, if you read this book, you cannot come away without the impression that hasn't been contradicted anywhere that the government has been corrupt with respect to public health and that we are all suffering as a result. And, you know, children who are sick don't care whether their parents are Republicans or, or Democrats. You know, this is not, this is not a political issue. This is a, this is a health issue and it's a legal issue and it's a constitutional issue. Yes, the COVID doesn't ask the person they infect. The virus doesn't ask, are you a Republican or a Democrat? You know, but as you were talking just now, I was thinking, if there was anything that was false, that could be in any way proven um, or attempted to be proven false, you and um, the Robert Kennedy Jr. would, would be sued. You know, it's not just uh, censorship to not promote the book, but, but, you know, there, there would be lawsuits, and there haven't been, presumably, right? Not only that, there has been no response whatsoever. So Dr. Fauci's only response has been to say, you know, as if he was a high school student, uh, that Mr. Kennedy is very disturbed. So somebody 
accuses you of doing things that may well have cost people's lives, ignoring viable remedies. Now, shouldn't you respond to that as the public health czar in America, somebody who makes more money than the president, who the president himself has said is potentially more powerful than him? Shouldn't that person have to respond and say, no, these things aren't true? And, Absolutely. You know, that's what's supposed to happen in a democracy. And what it's looking like is that, in fact, we're living in a fascist country and people, to some extent, have been brainwashed and they don't understand that their rights are slipping away from them and that when your rights slip away, it's hard to get them back. Yes, and that is, unfortunately, you know, what is happening in this country with all the mandates, people getting used to one mandate after another, and, um, you know, just asking for more more Big Brother, uh, more 1984, more Big Brother. I mean, you know, it's bigger than COVID, and, and uh, it's really, and, and so, so it's really important that we have books like this to... Um, and it was really, you know, very um, heartening is how, what a bestseller is, how many people have bought the book and are reading the book and so on, that, yes, it is like a revolt. Yeah, it, it really feels like, it feels like people are being told, you know, at every turn, don't read this book. Um, you know, you walk into a Barnes & Noble, you do not see the book anywhere. You flip through the pages of the New York Times, you don't see the book anywhere. You know, they, they, they put it on their bestseller list as number seven or eight, even though it was the best-selling book in America for the first three, three weeks. Um, you mm-hmm. know, so in every conceivable way, uh, all the players at every level of the book publishing field have attempted to make it more difficult for you to find this book. And yet, people are finding it. Well, where would you like people to go, um, my listeners, where would you like them to go to, to get it? On, to Amazon, or is there, do you have a preference? Amazon is, is the best place to get it now. They've been, you know, guilty of censorship of some books in the past, but, you know, generally they are the main source for books like this because many of the privately held smaller bookstores have refused to carry it. Barnes and Noble has basically filled orders, but, you know, hasn't put it in, in decent quantities in stores. So that's my answer. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Tony Lyons, not only for being a great guest, but for publishing um, this and other controversial books, uh, trying to keep free speech out there in America. So thank you, and thank you all for listening. So. You've been listening to you've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 